just bringing this, uh, just teaching uh, uh, these messages on the armor of God. And so today we're going to be picking right back up in the armor of God. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. Um, but I want to go ahead and read that, uh, that whole passage there leading up into the armor of God. Uh, maybe as just a little bit of a recap, uh, just to show us. And, and if you didn't know this about Ephesians, when, when uh, Paul is writing that to the, the church, um, when he's in a, this is a prison epistle, so he's in prison right now. But leading up into that in Ephesians, there's so much in there uh, just talking about leading up to the armor of God, right? Uh, and so we'll get into a little bit of that here in just a moment. But uh, before I do that, Let's pray. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10, and we're going to read down through 17, and uh, we're going to just hang out at the helmet of salvation today, if that's all right, and uh, it's just going to be a good time, the remainder of our time this morning, and uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. Uh, you are truly amazing. And what you've done in the house today, God, we're so thankful for. Uh, you've touched hearts and minds and God, we thank you for healing today and uh, restoration, Lord God, and setting minds at peace and for the joy that we feel in our, in our spirit today, God. And um, we're just so thankful for that. And today as we open up your word and we continue to, to look at this passage about the armor of God, I just pray that it touches our hearts and minds that maybe there's something there that we didn't notice before, we didn't know, uh, and it would just... Uh, be encouraging or useful to us today, and we're just so thankful for your word, and we give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' name, amen. Is it all right if we prayed before we read the word? Is that okay? <laughs> all right, let's, let's read, starting at verse 10, uh, I believe that's, uh, can you throw that up there in the ESV? Is that going to be too much of a, I, I'm kind of throw Brandon off, he's got it in the, the Passion Translation right now. And if he could throw that up there in the ESV, that would be great. So we'll give him a minute to do that. Uh, we'll see. There it is. Okay. All right. If you would just kind of follow along with me there, we're going to read down to 17. And um, just a recap of the spiritual conflict that Paul is writing about here and then the, the pieces of the armor of God. Uh, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might or may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In verse 12 it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And all circumstances take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And today it brings us to verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I'm thankful for his word this, today. Amen? Amen. So that brings us to the helmet of salvation. And I got a runny faucet up here. And you don't want to hear me do that all throughout. So I apologize. Um, but uh, that annoys me. 
So we're here in this passage once again. We're hanging, we've been hanging out here for several weeks. Um, and, and we know that we are in a struggle. We're in a conflict. Uh, some days that conflict may not seem so much of a struggle, right, if we're honest. Some days are smoother than others, and some days it just feels like you're in a dogfight for your life. Uh, or even maybe not even just a day, but it seems like there are seasons to that sometimes. Would you agree with that today? That it almost seems like you've been in that dogfight for a little bit, or you just may have a bad day. And this conflict, we know that is real. We've reiterated that over and over almost every Sunday, and it's not to take it lightly because it's not something that we take lightly. It's a, a very true and very real thing that takes place uh, in, our, in our life. And so I love that Paul just gives us such encouragement while he's in prison, and he uses the imagery of a Roman soldier because, as I've said before, that was really the image of of power uh, and might in his time right then and there, uh, the picture of a soldier. And so it's just been amazing to me to see all the different pieces and how he, uh, through the Holy Spirit, you know, inspired Paul to write these things. Uh, just to point out what we need in our, in our everyday Christian walk, our journey in life, uh, to continue to just walk that victorious life. We know that we're ultimately victorious through uh, the cross and the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Amen? But also we know that there is a personal journey that we take to where we do have this conflict. When Satan wants you to doubt, he wants you to give up, he wants you to turn your back, he wants to, you know, just bring anxiety, depression, sickness, different things that he will bring into our life to get our faith. Oh, man, to get your faith. Uh, does he cause a dry throat? Because uh, I just got a dry throat big time right there. Is it okay to laugh in church this morning? I was gone for a week. I was just making sure it's the same crowd that we can still laugh, right? All right. But uh, he does. He wants, to, he wants to come against your faith. He, he wants us to uh, really question things about God and his word, right? That's really what he wants to do. And if he can cause any kind of and make, he really wants to make us ineffective. He, he does not want strength in a believer whatsoever. He can't do anything about your, uh, what the, the blood done for us, right? Am, am I correct in that? Right? He, he can't do anything about that. He's, he's been defeated in that area. He cannot do anything. But he can come against us and try to get us to become a weak or even just turn away from God altogether. Because, you know, when you get weak, you get vulnerable, right? Anybody ever been, would be honest enough in here to say that you've been weak in your Christian walk, spiritually, you've been weak? Yeah. I'll raise, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I have had times where I have been weak. Spiritually speaking, and that has opened up a vulnerability to me from the enemy, right? Last time we talked on a Sunday that I was talking about the armor of God, it was the shield of faith and saying how that shield of faith is really that first line of defense against, because that's what he opened up with when he was talking about the armor of God. He's like, it's so that we can withstand against the schemes, the, the wiles, uh, it goes on to say the fiery darts of the enemy. So we know that he's coming against us. That's no shock. We've all encountered that. We know it's true. And, but he wants to get us to a place of such weakness. 
and vulnerability so that he can make us ineffective. And wouldn't he love to make you ineffective in a time of great outpouring? Because if you're weak and you're vulnerable and you're ineffective, I don't want that. You don't want that, do you? None of us want that. We want to be strong soldiers in Christ Jesus. So that first piece that we looked at, just real quick, if I can go over those real quick, the belt of truth. We know that truth is being attacked on every front. I got to witness so much of that uh, in some of the, the things that we, uh, I don't want to get into too much of it, but we were in Seattle, uh, on, and you just see so much truth being attacked in different things, right? Can I just say it that way? You can just see truth being attacked in, in so many ways. And I don't have to go to Seattle to see that, right? I, I don't have to. And if anybody's watching from Seattle, I'm just telling you what I, what I saw and what I, I picked up spiritually, right? They're still good people. They're still Christians in Seattle. They need your prayers, right? Not just Seattle. Here, we need prayer here. We need, we need to cover Sullivan in prayer. But as I went, I got to see some things that I had only seen on television. You get what I'm saying? That I don't see here in Sullivan. I got to witness some things of the attack of truth in Seattle that I don't see in Sullivan in a way that was confronting. You, you understand, right? And so I, I, I witnessed that, and I know it's true, but to witness it and to see it firsthand, it hits just a little bit different. Right? So we know that truth is being under attack. The breastplate of righteousness is so important to us. You know, we have to be right with God first, right? That is the most important thing is that we have right relationship with the Father. And we only have right relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ, the Son. And once we start that relationship, then we have that right relationship with the Father. Right? And so we see all these different pieces coming together. The, the shoes of peace. Uh, we talked about that, the readiness of the gospel, and uh, then we got to the, the shield of faith. And uh, I don't think I left any of them out right there. I think that's in, in order there pretty much. But it brings us to the helmet of salvation today. So if you have a little time, I want to share about the helmet of salvation um, with us. And how do you know that a Roman soldier's helmet, um, can you picture that soldier's helmet? Because that's what Paul was doing to write this imagery of this soldier's helmet, and it was snug. It was, anybody ever played football in here or had to wear a helmet for anything, maybe on the construction side or anything? I've done both. And, you know, if you don't have that on tight, it's loose. It doesn't really do what it needs to do. And uh, I can remember one time playing football, and uh, I went and a guy was running, and I went to do a tackle, and I didn't put my helmet down, and I left my, my head up like this, and you know what happened? right there and that was so painful I was like I did not have my I had that helmet on for a reason you know not to lead with a helmet but I was supposed to have it down and I just exposed everything and got hit and, and for a Roman soldier the helmet was so vital so crucial uh, in, in many different ways they would wear it of course in battle but then they would wear it in like parades and stuff like that so you know when the Romans would come into an area and they would have their, their helmets on. It was, it was a sight to behold, I'm sure, right? Have you ever seen those plumes that they have on their, 
you know, and they would have those. It was intimidating, right? I mean, wouldn't you think if you're up against a foe and they have all this metal, they have the breast, breastplate on, they have the, the cleats on, and, you know, they got battle axes, and they've got round shields, and they got tall shields, and, you know, they're just a force to be reckoned with when they're coming through. And when you think about that, when I think about the helmet, just first off, and there's going to be a lot more that we're going to talk about here in a moment, but just with that plume in itself, that, that has a little bit of significance when you think about that, that plume that's up there, you know? Because when they're together, there's a lot of confidence there. And, 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 and that, that plume, it may not seem like anything, but to, a, to an enemy, to see that, that's a little intimidating. I'm not, I'm not losing anybody here, am I? Right? And so the way I see the helmet of salvation is there's a, a confidence as a believer, that you can walk into a place with confidence, right? Not arrogance, but you can walk into wickedness, wicked places. I'm not talking about some place you shouldn't be, but if there's an area and there's just you feel that, like how I felt there, but I can walk still knowing that I am still secure, right, in Jesus, I hope that's making sense today. Um, just real quick, there was one time I may have shared this story. Uh, I said I was going to be quick today, but uh, I don't even know what time it is. What time is it? Somebody said, don't look at your watch. Hey, it's 9 to 12. Uh, I got nine minutes to get you all out of here. <laughs> there is a helmet. I'm just joking about that. I feel like a jokester today. Is that all right? I, I just I feel like a little bit of a jokester today. Joy, it must be just coming on vacation. I don't know what it is, guys, but I just feel that way, you know. Uh, but anyway, I was on a job once, and uh, it was over there at Hoosier Energy. And uh, I was a union carpenter, and there was a boiler teardown and a scaffold and a boiler. And uh, it was, you know, those guys are always in a rush, trying to get those things down and get that boiler back up and running. So I was in the, like, the, what you call the throat. Is that what you call that down the bottom? I was like the last man in succession. And if you've ever been a part of that, you don't want to be a part of it. For one, it's, it's really tough and hard work. But we're just passing down scaffold after scaffold. And uh, it was early in on the teardown. So uh, they must have been up in the air pretty good ways. I don't know. It's too dark. I can't tell. And I'm down there, and I got a buddy that's right above me, and he's passing down, you know, scaffold. And all of a sudden, I hear something falling. Ching, kong, ching, ching, ching. And I know it's something big, and it's coming down, and I don't know where it's going. And I have, I'm on one section of the scaffold, if you know, that's not very big, there's nowhere to go. I can go left or right, I go right, and I'm one of those walk pans goes left. And I think, whew, that would have been bad. There's a whole story leaning up to that, because I've been praying about going into the ministry, and I said, God, you got to hit me in the head to get my attention. <laughs> right? I've been praying that. That's th I, true, true, that is very true. I said, Lord, you have to get my attention. This was... I was doing, anyway, doing really well for myself in the Carpenters Union. I was, I thought I was going places, right? And so I really thought that was the direction of my life. I was going to start traveling, going international to travel, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been praying. God, I, for one, I, I don't want to do this, you know? It wasn't like I set out and I like, oh, God, pick me, pick me, pick me, right? I, I, I love to speak in front of people, God, because, no, I didn't, you know. 
Tommy Paul, he would have to force me to say anything in class, right? I mean, it, it was like he had to, you know, grab a hold of my hair or ear or something to get me to talk. Because, And she can tell you this, I, I was, not, was not like that. So even early on at that age, I was, I was still like that. And I was like, Lord, you just have to get my attention. I remember vividly, I mean, in two, just like a moment, I prayed, God, just get my attention. And I was thinking not, you know, literally hit me over the head and get my attention. So don't think that whenever that walkboard one week later landed right there that it did not get my attention. It did. I thought it, right when it happened, my mind went to that. I said, okay, Lord. So we took a 15-minute break, and they don't do that. But someone almost got killed or severely injured, so they're like, let's take a break. And so... I go back in, and 10 minutes later, I hear something else coming down. And I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, you've already got my attention. <laughs> I'm not that stubborn. I'm not that stubborn. And sure enough, boom, right on my hard hat. And my friend that was right above me says, I looked up at him, my eyes just go, in the back of it. I didn't get knocked out, thankfully. I went down to one knee, and I said, take me to the ER. But... I'm glad I had my helmet on. And that's a silly thing. But I am glad I had my hard hat, hard hat on. Very thankful. The Lord was doing a work there. The very next Sunday, the youth pastor steps down at our church and they asked us to take that position. Youth, uh, the state overseer, uh, the youth director came, had lunch. He didn't know it anything going on, looked right at us and said, when are you going into the ministry? And then that night is when our youth leader stepped down. So long story, but it, it was really cool how it all worked out. But I'm telling you, I am so thankful for the helmet. I'm thankful for the helmet of salvation today, spiritually speaking. So what does that word salvation mean? When we look at the word salvation throughout the Bible, you know what it means? Deliverance. Rescue. To be delivered. And so that's why I want to get to this point of the helmet of deliverance. The helmet of salvation. You see, a lot of people would look at that and think of salvation as being saved, going to heaven. And it could fit there. But when you really look at it and how Paul is bringing forth this idea of a spiritual conflict and how to basically withstand and, and stand fast and, 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 and stand your ground in that struggle or that conflict, I'm going to show you just a little bit different look at it, if you will. You see, the disciples... You remember the story of the disciples on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus was in the boat and there came a storm, right? And they cried out. You remember? What did they say? They said, Lord, save us, right? They said, save us. Now, were they talking about being saved into heaven? What were they talking about? They needed deliverance. They needed rescue. 
So when you look at the helmet of salvation, when it's in the armor of God, it's talking about a deliverance, a, a rescuing, and we're going to get to that because you think of what the helmet covers. It protects the mind. And so I want this all to come together and show that how important it is when it's talking about, when Paul's using this imagery and he's using the picture of a Roman soldier, how important we, that's nothing new in here today because we could go around the room and we could probably testify and say how the mind has really been hit, right? Joyce Myers has a good book out there, The, the Battlefield of the Mind. It says that six-inch war or whatever is the greatest battlefield. So, you know, when we're talking about the helmet of salvation for the believer to, to wear this, you know, not literally putting on a helmet, but to know uh, of being rescued and delivered in our mind, in our thoughts, in our emotions. Isn't that true this morning? And they said, Lord, save us. They wanted to be delivered from the storm. And it's all about context, isn't it? Man, I got to hurry. You guys, can I take this off and throw it? (laughs) It's mine, right? But it's all about context, isn't it? Do you know sometimes, even as pastors, we get ourselves in trouble because we want to use something out of context? You know? Because there's something so great that I just want to use to fit what I want it and how I want it to fit. And I think, oh my, this would be so great. Can I just make it fit? There are some terms that I want to use, and they're exegesis and eisegesis. Maybe you've heard of those words. Maybe you haven't heard of those words. But exegesis means you read out of the context what it's saying. And eisegesis means you need to read into it your subjective thought, how you want it to read. And sometimes if we're not careful, we do that with Scripture sometimes. We will use what we want it to say, and we'll read into it how we want it to read. Right? Whenever it's the the proper way to handle Scripture is the exegesis, when you read out of what Scripture says, what it's saying to us in context as a whole, right? That's not too heavy this morning. Uh, I'm not trying to be like some kind of biblical class because I, I, I need to go into those myself. But I, I, There's some things, a little bit of things I, I do know. Uh, and the proper way to study that is the exegesis way. So when they're Reading in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation, it really should read, take the helmet of deliverance. And with that in mind, talking about exegesis and eisegesis, um, taking up that helmet of salvation, we know we're struggling against the wicked forces. So that verse 17 is the deliverance from the wicked spiritual forces and the evil scheme. So it's a deliverance of those things. It protects our minds, doesn't it? It it protects our thoughts, our emotions, and the the wiles of the devil. It protects us from all the evil plans that the enemy has. And 
when you go back through that Ephesians, and I, I, I encourage you to go back and read Ephesians, Ephesians, and you can see what the Paul is trying to convey there. Uh, he wants you to see that there's deliverance uh, when it comes to the wiles of the devil. There's deliverance. He's trying to encourage us about living in a life of freedom of deception. Freedom of deception. Deceiving powers of the, the wicked one. Salvation as a helmet is to live free of satanic deception. Anybody think satanic deception is a real thing right now going on? Is it a real thing in the lives of believers today? It's absolutely a real thing in the life of a believer. And for the church, one of the greatest deceptions that the enemy uses against us is to get us to think that we struggle against people. That hits a little hard this morning, doesn't it, Dina? She knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Does that hit hard today, Derek, Terry? You see, I think that, is that okay if I, if I call people out? Are we family today? Right? Because, you see, the enemy is going to try, and he has done this. He will try to get us to go against one another. Anybody ever heard of a church split? Been a part of a church split? You, have you ever, you ever seen where he will, he will throw his wiles and his schemes at believers? He already has non-believers. So he's coming hard against us. He's coming hard. And as the days grow closer, we might as well pull our bootstraps up, tighten our belts, get our helmets on secure, make sure your shoes are, are laced up good, make sure you got that that shield of faith oiled down and you're taking care of it and you're watering it down and you're putting the oil on it. You make sure everything and make sure as we get into the word, the sword next week, that you got that thing sharpened up and ready for use because it's a de defensive and an offensive weapon. But you see how the, you see, you see it in the beginning of Ephesians. It says you're not wrestling with flesh and blood. And if you go into Ephesians chapter 2, you see that Paul is bringing up uh, this thing against Gentiles and Jews. And they're going against each other. And he's like, that's not what we're doing here. And you see, that's how the, the enemy will work. He'll try to get us to come against one another, brother against brother, sister against sister. And he'll try to get us to... And I've seen it too many times, right? I've seen it way too many times, and, and God's doing great things, and he's working, and he's moving, and things are shaking, and then all of a sudden, it's something that the enemy gets a hold of and gets a foothold in, or he gets a dart going through something, and it causes somebody to, to be, you know, infiltrated by a trick of the enemy. And, and, but we're not fighting against that person, it's against the, the principalities and the, the wicked one. That's what we're against. Mm. You see, he's 
He's calling for unity in the body of Christ, Paul. The helmet of salvation reveals to us, you know, that some, some have fallen victim to lies and oppression from the enemy. The enemy will love nothing more than pit us against one another because he wants to tear us down. Can I say something? We all need deliverance from that lie that wants to create disunity and hatred. You see, that's where we can say, man, I need the helmet of salvation. I need the helmet of deliverance. Because when a brother or sister does something, and I feel like it's an attack against me, I'm not looking at it as a flesh and blood attack. I'm looking at it as there's somebody, someone, whether it's me or them or whatever, but that's fallen victim to a lie and an oppression. I want to see people as Jesus sees people, right? That's how we should want to see. Let's see them like Jesus. Let's, let's speak like what, how Jesus speaks, true? Let, let, let's, let's hear like Jesus hears. It, it protects the, the mind. It protects it. So whenever, you know, these things are, can I, can I go right here real quick, okay? Whenever you have somebody that comes up to you, <laughs> I don't know why I ask you all if I can because I haven't heard, it, haven't heard anybody say no. <laughs> I do that all the time, but I do. I can't help it. I've got my quirks and things. But, you know, that helmet that fits so tightly on us, the helmet of deliverance, it's, you know what's amazing about the helmet of deliverance is, is when, when you have somebody that comes in, that comes into your, into your space and tries to speak into your mind, and it's not of God, or, or if it's a speaking of slander or gossip about somebody, you know what the helmet of rescue does, the helmet of deliverance, it says, I'm not going to partake of that. That's what it does. You see, because that's why it's so important, why he gives us all these wonderful pieces of the armor of God. He's saying, this is how you're going to do it. This is, this is how you're going to live a victorious life, a powerful life for Christ. It's because you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have that, that helmet of deliverance on, taking up all these other pieces of armor. Aren't you thankful for the word of God. Man, I could go more into this, but I just feel like I need to, to hold tight right there. Uh, I read that uh, one of the reasons why the Roman Empire crumbled the way that they did, and it's in a historical book, and I came across this, was there was something that uh, about the Roman soldier's helmet, it was very heavy and very uncomfortable. And so what happened was they started to not wear it because it was so cumbersome, it was heavy, and it left them exposed because it was so heavy. You know, you, you, you think about that helmet of deliverance. Um, 
some of them may seem a little heavy at times. And they may want to put it down. You know, it's kind of like one of those things, you know, like, you know that it's, you need it, but when the attacks keep coming, we find ourselves getting a little weary, and so we come lackadaisical, we're off guard, we put our faith shield down, and we may forget to put our belt on, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? And there's sometimes where you just don't want to wear the helmet. Can we pray? You guys have been wonderful today. I'm telling you, it's great to be back in the house. I'm looking forward to tonight. If you can be here at 6 o'clock, be here. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, just what you've done in the house today and the time of gathering in the altar today. Lord, we're so thankful for that. and We're thankful for your word today. It's so alive. It pierces. It pierces so, so deep today, Lord God. God, I just pray that through the words today, your word, Lord God, that it's, it's touched the hearts and minds of your people. And God, that we can, we can know such importance of, of just deliverance and uh, keeping a, our minds covered. Because we know the attack is so strong on the mind. God, when we hear of things and disunity in the mix, Lord God, in the camp, Lord Father, I pray that we can discern that. And I'm not saying that it's here right now, Lord. I, I pray that it's not. I don't know of anything, but Lord, I just guard us and protect us of that. Guard and protect us, Lord God, that we would, that we would see others like you see them. God, not how maybe that They've been labeled or how others see them. But let's see them for who they are. And they were worthy of, of love. And the, you love them so much, God, that you died for them. It's unsurpassable worth that you displayed towards them. So, Father, we thank you for today. I pray that we go and have a wonderful afternoon to rest. And that we just come back tonight at 6 o'clock ready to worship and receive your word once again in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you all. Have a great afternoon.